Bradford and the Timon of Brass from Carson Stooley. This is Fangraphs Audio, my guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, here uh, partly because he's a compelling figure in the sabermetric community and also for transparently promotional reasons. For transparently promotional reasons uh, is Dave Studeman. Dave Studeman is presently and has been for some time the manager of the Hardball Times. I'm prepared to call him a proprietor of the Hardball Times, a co-proprietor, perhaps a co-founder to some degree. We addressed that particular issue in what falls. Uh, but he has been the manager of the Hardball Times. And uh, as the Hardball Times Annual for 2014 uh, has just come out, the, the Hardball Times Annual, for transparently promotional reasons, uh, Dave Studeman is the guest to discuss that. Uh, we also discussed Dave Studeman. Did you know, for example, that Dave Studeman, or Studes, as, uh, as he's frequently called, did you know that he is the inventor of XFIP, Expected Fielding Independent Pitching? Did you know that? That is a gem of wisdom, is what it is. And uh, prepare to collect more uh, such gems in what follows. Because what is it? It's a uh, it's an edition of Fangraphs Audio featuring uh, Hardball Times managing editor or manager Dave Studman, and it begins right now. I say that I I call you that even behind your back. <laughs> Is that okay? That's fine. I've been called Stude since um, I guess I wasn't called Stude in high school, but in college, which was many many years ago. So that's that's uh, I re- I turn my head when I hear the name. Okay, yeah, yeah. And how how is it Studenmund? Studenmund? Studenmund. I guess I guess technically it'd be Studenmund. Oh yeah. But Do I don't, you know, your people are from Germany, I assume. Germany, I think actually Prussia to be specific, but it's been a while. Oh, <laughs> I guess yeah, they've done they've done more work in the United States of late. At least your uh, sect. Yeah, I've been totally Americanized. No problem about that. Well, your English is fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's good. So listen, um, um, I have no problem. Um, I, I mentioned to you via email, and it's possible that the the people are already hearing this. And I don't mind if they hear it. That this is, uh, um, this is some ways is uh, transparently promotional. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, which is fine. But I also think that, um, <clears throat> listen, I have my uh, my ear uh, to pop culture, my eye to pop culture. I cast a critical eye towards it sometimes. And I, I notice. I notice what happens sometimes. <laughs> 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 I notice what happens sometimes. Um, uh, Dave Studmund is uh, <laughs> is sometimes like a, if a um, if like an actor right is promoting his or her film um, or his uh, well we'll stick with the masculine for a moment uh, he won't even he won't talk entirely about the movie because uh, really what he wants to do is give people a good sense about uh, himself and make people have uh, positive associations with it. Uh, so where are you going with this, Carson? I'm just saying that um, we we have not always had a lot of time to talk, and I'm interested in learning more about you in addition to learning more about uh, the, the Horrible Times Annual. And what I think is um, I think that um, the more fun we have on this conversation, um, the more uh, the Horrible Times will fly off of the shelf electronically, <laughs> in some cases electronically, in some cases physically. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, happy to chat about whatever you'd like. Yeah. Um, well, so because first of all, I don't know if we, I don't know if we've ever had a sit down. Maybe we did one time. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, because um, I owe you a great deal of uh, 
Well, I owe you. I owe you something. Gratitude. A debt of gratitude. Um, I'm currently in debt to you, and uh, not in terms of money, though, but just in terms of gratitude. And because I think that um, you were, if I'm not mistaken, the driving force uh, behind a number of uh, sort of early nerd stats that appeared at Hardball Times. I think that's right. I created some of them or uh, championed them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because I know that uh, um, in the early days of that site, or at least my first awareness of it, uh, that site helped me win. And I think that uh, you had your – you certainly did some work with some combination of XFIP and props. Is that is that true? Yeah, I I didn't do much, if anything, with props. That's really the creation of uh, J.C. Bradbury and David Gasco, mostly J.C. Okay. Um, but, yeah, XFIP is just a little something I created. Actually, I just created it for an article. I had no idea that it would uh, become popular. It was just some research I was doing. It took off on its own. And so I, I'm actually just interested in that because this is a time when uh, – well, when, when would it have happened? I guess suppose the Internet could reveal that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing uh, maybe 06, uh, 05, 06, somewhere in there. Just that it seems like it should be longer ago, doesn't it? It does. It's yeah. been a long journey. It's true. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it seems like it should be longer ago. Um, and so you said. So I assume that FIP uh, was a concept uh, with which people were somewhat familiar at that point. Exactly. Yeah. We, in fact, we were posting FIP on the Hardball Times website, um, and, and you know, Fangraphs does that now. It's, a lot of people know it. And, and my, my idea at the time was we were getting our hands on batted ball data. And this is really one of the first times that it was available. Um, and, you know, again, fan graphs and baseball reference and lots of sites have it now. Back then it was brand new stuff. And the idea was correcting fly ball rate um, and taking the home run, which is the most random part of FIP out of the equation and tying it to, part, uh, to the fly ball rate. And it was just something I played with um, and and, uh, and people started adopting it. So actually, we we didn't even put it on Hardball Times at first uh, website, our statistics section at first, because um, I didn't know that people would be interested in it. But I saw other sites doing it, so we wanted adding it too. Yeah, and you uh, um, now that could that could be one of the um, the sort of positive things um, you've given you've given the world. Um, if I'm not mistaken, though, you're also uh, partly responsible for facilitating Aaron Gleeman's fame, which is only uh, – I mean, is, that's true, right? I mean, which has only served to to make it a, more of a dystopian uh, sort of reality we're living in. <laughs> is that true? I'm not going to take too much credit for what Aaron did. You know, Hardball Times is really Aaron's idea. I mean, he's, he's the driver behind it and – um, he's not as, right in your in in your house right now working your mouth like a puppet, is he? No, he's okay. not. <laughs> okay, I'm not making this up. Aaron <laughs> deserves uh, all the credit. He and uh, another guy, um, uh, Matthew and me, was who was Bill James's research assistant at the time. Uh, they had this idea for the Hardball Times, or an online baseball magazine, and they recruited me. I guess I was the third person uh, in the brainstorming to because uh, I had my own site called BaseballGraphs.com, and I, I've still got that. I haven't worked on it in years. Um, and they they wanted to talk to me about helping them and bringing the graphs over to the Hardball Times. So um, they both moved, Matthew moved pretty quickly. Aaron took a couple of years to move on, and I've been at it for almost ten years now. And so, what is your uh, what is? Oh yeah, there was look at this baseballgraphs.com. Yeah, alive, there you alive, go. alive and well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And maybe not. Um, it, it might not be regarded in terms of cutting edge in terms of site design. Um, oh, thanks so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's still doing work though. It's still doing work. We can. We one can also be nostalgic a little bit about it. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's it's an old. It's a circa 2002 uh, internet website. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's which is a what, internet 0.9 or something like that. I don't yeah, know what, right. what that. Yeah. Um, uh, 
so that's so so how did how did you know did was that sort of like a cold call essentially from them or or had you had uh, some manner of relationship before that? I, I'd say we've met over Baseball Primer, um, the Baseball Think Factory site. And uh, when I first got into the internet, became aware of it. You know, I'm, I'm someone who'd read Bill James when he first published back in the '80s and was gaga over what he had done. And and when I came across Baseball Think Factory, which I guess was uh, went live in the late 1990s or so, um, I participated off and on. And then Aaron and I got friendly because we tended to hang out in the same sort of discussions and go back and forth and. Uh, it just sort of grew from the Harbaugh Times. Really grew from a lot of connections. I, I think primarily from Baseball Think Factory. Uh, yeah, and I, in fact, um, I, the, I had not necessarily known a lot about Baseball Think Factory um, um, before I got involved uh, writing myself. Um, but um, I, you know, I was somewhat familiar with it. I knew it existed. Uh, but I really was introduced to it at the um, the, the first Sabre uh, uh, convention I ever attended, where because those guys really congregate. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> have you have you had the have you had the opportunity to uh, to spend some time with them at a saber convention or other some sort of uh, event? Yeah, absolutely. I've gone to several saber conventions. I haven't been to one when you've been there, but I have gone to several, and uh, it's uh, actually one of the main reasons I go to the saber conference at all is to meet the guys that I've gotten to know over Baseball Think Factory. So uh, there's sort of a, a, a joint a joint reason there. Yeah, and uh, they do. Um, it's um, they're fun guys, but they're—I they're, um, don't know how kind they are to their livers. Uh, <laughs> they do some serious work, so far as that's concerned. Yeah, they do. I do not keep up with them at all. In case you're wondering, I—I'm uh, I'm not in that in that crowd in that yeah, level. Yeah, all right. I well, enjoy I'm, sitting there and talking baseball. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they can do that too. And of course, Aaron is uh, Aaron is actually very sweet, um, uh, despite sort of what I've said about it here. So, um, yeah. so but the Hardball Times, though. Um, it's still around. Of course, we have uh, um, we've joined forces, Fangraphs and the Horrible Times, yep. uh, to create a um, a giant uh, mutant sort of cyborg type of baseball website. Exactly. Um, but I know that uh, in addition to the site, that the annual has been around, uh, or annual some sort of publications have been around for a while too. So I'm curious as to what the history of that is. Oh boy, um, yeah, we we. When we first formed the website, we talked vaguely about, hey, if this really takes off, we'll do an annual as well. Um, and, uh, well, I, I mean, I basically went towards the end of that first year. I basically took up the challenge and said, hey, you guys mean it? Do you want to do an annual? I'm willing to do the work to put it together. And so we, we did. Our very first year, we, we produced an annual. Um, the first annual was primarily reprints from the website because we didn't have the time or energy to create whole new articles. But... Um, I went to an online publishing firm and created the whole thing in a Word document and uh, worked <laughs> it out with them. And uh, it actually turned out pretty well. Um, and, in fact, a local publisher here in Chicago, Acta Sports, which is owned by John Dewan of, uh, of uh, Stats Inc. fame and Bill James fame, uh, was interested, saw the book, and contacted us about uh, having them publish it. And so uh, it, it went to the next level, basically. They taught me how to really typeset a, a book and uh, – we got, got all original articles. So ever since that, that the second book has been all original content, totally typeset ourselves, published nicely. And then a couple of years ago, um, I actually got really tired of typesetting, which is just a chore, no, not fun at all. I decided I wasn't going to do the annual anymore. And uh, when David uh, Fangrafts uh, took up Hardball Times, they asked me to stay on. And I said, well, I will if I don't have to do the typesetting anymore. Um, and they said, well, we're going to do typesetting. And that's where Paul Swyden stepped up. And Paul's done a terrific job of uh, typesetting. And his, the thing he's done beyond what, what I 
have any energy to do is not only create type a set the book so a publisher could print it, but to also take it into electronic format. So you can now get it on Kindle. Soon it'll be available on the Nook and that sort of thing. Right, and uh, I'm curious about uh, that's the sort of format stuff too. I um I also know that about Paul Swyden. Paul Swyden is actually uh, useful for a number of reasons. People will know, uh, listeners will know Paul Swyden as. Um, part of uh, Team Fangraphs. Uh, Paul Swyden is, uh, as you mentioned, he does a lot of the, the layout work. Layout, too. Is that, that's another word for it. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Well, we can say that. Lay, lay, layout typesetting. Uh, he's also very good at harassing authors. He is good at that, yes. Um, I'm, I spend uh, quite a bit of time, and I don't even think that I'm the, um, I don't even think that uh, I'm the tardiest of contributors. Um, is it? Yeah, you're, I mean, not, uh, you're not the tardiest person, <laughs> but you, you put up a good fight. <laughs> Well, you know, you don't want to. Uh, you, one has a reputation uh, to uphold. <laughs> you know, if you start, the thing is, and um, I don't know. Have you ever been involved in a, a sort of marriage type relationship before? A marriage type, not with Paul, but yes, I am. <laughs> I've been married for thirty-one years. I'm proud to say. Oh, that's excellent. Well, that's excellent. So, yeah. uh, so I assume. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I have. I'm sure lots to learn from you in this regard. Then, <laughs> um, I've only been married. Uh, well, there's, there's a distinction between how long it feels and how long it's actually been, but I think it's only been four years. Um, in any case, uh, one thing I'll do is um, when my when my wife asks me to do something, and it could be anything, um, if it's not something that I'm really excited about doing, I make uh, I, I make sure to do a, a rather a poor job uh, of it the first time, hmm. um, such that perhaps either she says and she she won't ask me to do that in the future. Um, or maybe that uh, I only have to do it a little bit better next time to earn praise. So there's really uh, – it's incentivizing poor performances up front. Do you see what I'm saying? So you're sort of equating your relationship with Paul to that with your wife is what you're saying. Um, I'm saying that we're all humans here, <laughs> and uh, and uh, this this one thing that happens in marriages happens in other sorts of relationships too. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, Suitman. Well, you're yeah. a devious little soul, Carson. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's yeah. All right, that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, let's see. So, uh, so you, um, so we. This this is out. This is the the 2014 edition, and this is. I think yep. this is officially the second year that uh, we've all done it together. Is that right? Is that something right? Yes, that's yeah, right. correct. And um, well, here's a question. Uh, you have this text here. What is the sort of for you, what are you interested in doing um, either similarly to or differently than those uh, earliest editions of the annual? Well, we have evolved. It's a good point. Um, we, we, you know, the, I've already mentioned having all new content. Um, the basic sections actually are the same now as they were back then. We One of the things we decided early on was doing a team-by-team review of the previous season. It would just be way too much work. So we do it division by division, uh, and we touch on every team in, in each division recap. And we've got uh, uh, probably what we're known for best is our analytic section. Uh, in some years, we have some you know outstanding analysis of people who get real greedy, uh, like both you and me, who like to get into the data and, and find things in there. And um, sometimes we have some real cutting-edge stuff, and I, I think this year is a good one for that. And in between, we have some really solid history sections and commentary sections um, that really fill out the whole thing. The, the biggest thing that's changed, by the way, is um, first of all the size. It used to be a um, what legal size paper? Not legal. I'm sorry, but a regular size letter size letterhead. Letter, Eight and a half by eleven. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. thank no, you so much. No book uh, size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, 
we were down to six by nine now, which is easier to carry. I actually had people complain about the old big size because it was harder to get on the train and that sort of thing. And the other thing is we've taken out stats. We used to have full season stats in the back of the book. It took up half the book, and we stopped doing that a couple of years ago because people weren't that interested in it, and you can get a lot of stuff on the Internet anyway. Well, that's an interesting point, So, uh, and that sort of leads to my next question. You, you say you, you took out stats um, because this is something which you – know, this is the, obviously the Internet is very good. Computers are very good at that, right, at uh, holding large amounts of information. Yeah, um, they say, yeah. Uh, especially the sort that are likely to change. Uh, um, I'm curious, um, if, for you, just as, as someone who's been kind of with this publication the entire time, if you've noticed, um, on one hand, we talk about maybe the, the, uh, the book changing or you know what's changed about it, but the, the concerns, uh, this is a similar question, but the concerns uh, of the writers, right? You know, like at, at a certain point when um, uh, when uh, you know, when XFIP was there, Props was there, like, this was a, a, res- a you know, a revelation to some degree, right? Where you could say, like, I, yes. are, are you saying we can project uh, ERA based off of just uh, these few peripherals? Um, obviously, that's not a, that's not a revelation to some degree. It's, a, it's an important tool, but it's not something where you're just going to, you know, uh, say, this guy had a low XFIP, but his ERA was higher, so it's probably going to go up. So what do you think is sort of the, the change in emphasis? What have you seen? Well, I think what you're saying is we've discovered a lot about sabermetrics, and as we go along, the additional things we find out are more nuanced and uh, more detailed. I think that's exactly right. We used to have articles about things back in the old days that people just take for granted now. Um, you know, the, the biggest revolution that came along that changed it all, I think, was PitchFX. And uh, the PitchFX data, which to those who knew how to get at it and knew how to use it, it presented a whole new opportunity of uh, analysis and articles. And that's something that I think at the hardball times, both on the site and in the book, we, we tried to react to quickly. Uh, we had Mike Fast write for us, Josh Koch, both guys have been hired by major league teams that do pitch effects data and um, other folks like that. And I think that's probably right. The, um, back in the early days, the, the data we got together to pull for the analytic articles was uh, easy to get these days. Uh, and to stay cutting edge, you have to be able to dig deeper into the data and do more extensive analysis. You mentioned uh, people getting hired from the Harbaugh Times. Uh, Mike Fast and Josh Koch are two of them. I know uh, Colin Wires. Uh, yep. is now, of course, employed by the Astros. Um, also, I think uh, Max Markey, perhaps. Am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, Mark, Max. Um, has he been hired by a team? I, he, um, I don't know. He seems uh, like he should be if he hasn't. He, he on, should be. You know. I think he's still a prospectus now. Um, oh, okay. But we do have several guys who've consulted for teams as well. as We had uh, Carlos Gomez, who went on to become a pitching coach in the minor league system for the Diamondbacks. I think he's moved uh, to another system at this point. So, yes, we've, we've had a number of guys go on to work for major league teams as well as uh, you know mainstream media folks. Now, in terms of uh, – I saw the point made today – uh, maybe by actually Sean Foreman, uh, who's, uh, um, of course, in charge of baseball reference, uh, making him both a friend and an enemy simultaneously. <laughs> um, but he's, he's too nice, really, to, to dislike that much. Um, he, um, but he, he made a point, and of course, uh, with the awards being announced, uh, it's the sort of point that you're likely to see at this time of year, uh, where, you know, he said, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Colin Wires and uh, you know Mike Fast and uh, a number of other people, uh, Tango, uh, um, you know Tom Tango or Tango Tiger, uh, whatever. Uh, they've either been hired by teams or consulted for teams, um, and these are the sorts we might uh, generally class classify as nerds. Uh, whereas uh, a number of the people who were actually doing the voting, um, 
you know, for a number of reasons, one assumes, have never uh, have never worked for a team. And therefore, uh, who would you trust? Um, I'm curious uh, if that if that sort of uh, is meaningful to you at all, or are, are you the sort to kind of maybe uh, stay out of the fray so far as the awards voting is concerned? Well, it, it's very meaningful to me. Um, I, on the one hand, I do st- try and stay out of the fray because you just wind up banging your head against the wall, and it's, it's not worth it. Um, on the other hand, you know, the what's the important battle, voting for MVP or winning over the front office? And I think you're right, the, and, and Sean's right too, the front office is verifying that uh, the things we're doing on the sabermetric front are more worthwhile Um than what some of the other more staid thinking, and I hate to get into that and use that word, but uh, what some of the old-time thinking may be. Um, you know, we, I've, we had an article a few years ago by James Hulsauer, um, who basically went to Las Vegas and um, made a made a bundle by betting on baseball games using sabermetric ideas, uh, and he's now, um, you know, I think he's now semi-retired at the age of thirty. Um, and, you know, if if that doesn't convince you that you can go and make bundles of money outthinking other people by using sabermetric stats, and if it doesn't convince you that front offices are hiring these people in, in gods, uh, if they're good with data, and almost all front offices are, um, nothing will convince you. It's not worth banging your head against the wall. Yeah, don't do that. What What is a tax situation like that if you are able to retire uh, based off of um, betting betting winnings? What's your question again? The tax situation. <laughs> Good question. I it, seem, it seems uh, frightening to me. I, um, I've tried to do my own taxes before, um, and I uh, will not be surprised when I'm when I'm audited. Um, yeah, and I've never had the problem myself, so I'm not too worried about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of uh, particulars of this most recent, I won't keep you for much longer. You are a uh, real adult. I recognize that. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the um, uh, the, the present uh, edition of the book. Um, I don't know what's uh, what are we dealing with? There is there anything that's sort of exciting uh, for you? I mean, I, I know uh, uh, picking out one or the other is uh, you know I'm, I'm sure you love them all like you love uh, <laughs> like you love all your children. I don't know how many children you have. Uh, probably not as many as there are articles in this. Um, yes, thankfully, I don't have 30 children. Uh, but is there anything uh, for you that's at least sort of representative of of the book and the and um, what what makes the project exciting for you? I guess. Yeah, it's a good question because you're right. They, they are, they all make me excited. And when you spend, you have to go over every article and think through every article in detail and work with the writer. So, I mean, you get to know it really well as a result. Um, but here, let me highlight a few things. We did get Bill James to contribute something. Um, and, and it's a pretty interesting subject, the, the fundamental difference between hitting and pitching prospect. And uh, he sent that into us. Um, we, we did take a real good leap in our analytics section. And I think, um, uh, MGL posted on, on his blog uh, yesterday that he was disappointed with the analytics section of last year's book, and uh, I think he, he will like it this year. Um, we've got a number of good things. Um, we talk about the shift, which is one of the most important changes in, in baseball going on right now, the defensive shift. Um, we basically proved that the strike zone has enlarged over the past four or five years using pitch effects data, and uh, we even quantify how much of an impact it's had on run scoring. You know, bottom line, uh, runs per game have declined about. 0.5 runs uh, in the last five years. So we've gone from, I think, about 4.7, 4.2 runs per game per team. And, um, you know, the, the enlarged strike zone can account for a third of that. 
Uh, it's something people might not realize or understand without looking at the data the way we have. It's got a great article by Alan Nathan, who you probably know is a physics professor here in Illinois, about the knuckleball. Um, Carson Sestuli has a nice little article about different leaderboards, and I actually really like that, Carson. I'm not saying that to butter you up, but yeah. it's always a fun read for me. It's good insight. It, it's part of my mind, by the way, it takes a takes the place of the old stats section we used to have. It's just nice and focused on a few fun things that people ought to know. Um, and then Craig Wright, who um, I don't know if people know Craig's name, but he's one of the earliest and best uh, sabermetricians out there. He wrote the co-wrote the Diamond of Praise, and he has a, a great um, uh, regular newsletter that people can subscribe to. He wrote something on Roger Clemens and what he thinks Roger Clemens' place in history ought to be, given you know, what we know about his suspected PED usage and that sort of thing. Really, really thoughtful analysis by Craig. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we have a crossword puzzle. This is a uh, hundred years ago this year that crossword puzzle was invented. So Shane Turtlelot did a great job and created one for us. We've got it in the book. Oh yeah, look at that! A, a real crossword puzzle. Yeah, it's it's a real uh, crossword puzzle. I always just assumed that those were made by computers, but I guess that uh, that's not the case at all. No, not in this case anyway. Yeah, no, this is a, this is artisanally made uh, crossword puzzle, you could say. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, well, listen. Uh, uh, if, unless I've uh, woefully neglected something, um, what I'm prepared to say is it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for appearing on Fangrass Audio. Yeah, pleasure of mine too, Carson. I'm really glad to talk to you about it. Yeah, we'll stick around for just one second. We'll talk like adults off the air, but for the moment I'll say uh, that that is uh, Dave Studman, also known <laughs> as uh, Stuart's to most anyone. Uh, I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangrass Audio. Mm-hmm.